Hello, my churchies. Million here with you. M-I-L-L-I-A-N, your ministry provocateur, iconoclast, firebrand, and the resident heretic here at Dominion Fire, bringing you another episode of the Heal the Sick podcast as we creep ever so slowly towards episode 100, number 97 today. And uh, my guest joining me today is quite an interesting fellow. We've had some conversations online and shared a couple stories. And what his title is, is what's known as a healing pastor at a place called Joshua Medical Center by way of Omaha, Nebraska. Joining us today, Paul Gornell. Paul, welcome to the Heal the Sick podcast. How are you today? Great, Millian. How are you today? Wonderful. It's awesome to have you here. It's great to be here. And uh, let's get right into it. In our first segment, we go right into testimony. So we were talking offline about something cool that was about to happen. So let's uh, start from the beginning. Give me a full rundown. Yeah, for sure. So um, we'll we'll talk about this in in more detail. But I work for a, a medical clinic. It's a it's a doctor's office. It's run by a a Christian doctor. We have three providers. Uh, we see about ten thousand patients a year, and every patient that comes in gets asked if they would like to uh, receive prayer or not. And so I get oh, on a busy day, I'll get twenty twenty five opportunities to pray for people. Uh, it can range anywhere from um, just prayer for family or or things. Uh, going on at home, or it could be um, uh, lots of crazy occultic type stuff with demons and pretty amazing uh, things I never thought I'd really deal with a whole lot, but I do. And then, uh, and then, you know, people who are in pain and they want to, they want to be healed. So it really runs the gamut. Uh, But, uh, you know, one interesting testimony that happened was a gentleman that, uh, because we're a family practice uh, office, anyone that needs to get uh, surgery. They they come to us first if they're if they're uh, if uh, the doctor is is uh, if they're one of our patients, and they have to get a physical to get signed off on the surgery. So a gentleman came in. He was going to have cataract surgery, and uh, he asked for prayer. And I went in and and I pray very short prayers because Jesus prayed very short prayers. And and I always ask the person before I pray. I use the the I think John Wimber was the the person that sort of came up with this five step prayer model and. And Randy Clark uses it, and I just kind of learned from them. But I ask them what their pain level is uh, before I pray. And in this case, with the cataracts, you know, what's the on a scale of one to ten, how bad is the vision, or the how how much is the cataracts, you know, influencing their your ability to see? And he gave me a number. I don't remember what it was off the top of my head, but obviously it was bad enough that he needed surgery, and he was very nervous about it. So. Uh, you know, I prayed for him. He's a Christian. We prayed three times. I I prayed and and then asked, okay, do you do you see any change? And he said no. And I prayed again and no change. And did it a third time, no change. And and so I left. And and the thing is, is is most of the people that I pray for, my expectation is that they're going to get healed and it's going to happen right there in front of me. That's my that's my expectation. And and I've seen in the uh, four months that I've been here I've seen over 200 uh, people get healed, and um, and so my expectation is it's going to get done right away. And and so I prayed these three times for the gentleman, and we didn't see any change at all. And I shook his hand and said, "Hey, I you know I still believe this is going to happen." But I got to be honest, I I wasn't you know I don't know where my mind was at the time because it's it's uh, I, I just didn't I don't remember having a lot of faith when I walked out of there. But I 
I walked out and I said, well, Lord, you're in control of this situation. And I'm going to, I'm going to believe that this is going to happen. Well, a couple of weeks goes by and the gentleman comes back in and, and I, I'd quite honestly forgotten that I'd even prayed for him and for that specific, uh, condition. And he came back in and he says, Hey, I want to share a testimony with you. And I said, yeah, you know, tell me what happened. And he said, well, uh, if you remember, you prayed for me in the cataracts. And I was like, Oh yeah, right. <laughs> I remember. And he said, well, I went in to have the surgery and the doctor said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do this quick test. It'll only take about 10 minutes and then we'll go right into, uh, to having the cataracts removed. But I just want to, uh, do this initial test first. First, it's something we do, you know, for every patient bef- before we go into the surgery. And that 10 minutes turned into one test. From one test, it went to like four or five tests. And if you're familiar with optometrists or ophthalmologists, the, the, uh, the equipment is all in different rooms and they started moving them from one room to the next room, to the next room. And every time after each test, the doctor would leave the room and he'd overhear him saying something to the nurse. And after about 45 minutes of this, the doctor comes in and he says, you know what, we must've made a mistake on your chart. We're not going to do surgery because you don't have cataracts. And, and so he's telling me the story and, and he's a believer. So he said, no, sir, uh, I, I did have cataracts, but I had somebody pray for me and God healed me. And uh, it was just another reminder that, that you know, it reminds me of, uh, of the, the 10 lepers when Jesus prayed for them, told them to go on their way, they were healed. You know, I don't believe Jesus ever sat there and said, gee, why didn't this happen? You know, how come it didn't happen right there in front of me? I wonder if they really got healed. Uh, none of that crossed his mind. In fact, they were healed because he declared it. And so it was just the Holy Spirit reminded me in that particular instance that just because you didn't see it happen doesn't mean that I'm not going to do it. And you need to still operate in the same measure of faith, in the same level of faith, as if you just watched a limb grow out. So um, so that was a really neat testimony. We also had something very similar happen with uh, a lady who had diverticulitis. Uh, I only prayed one time for her because she wasn't in any pain at the very at the moment, but she was about to go in and have a colonoscopy. And she had a history. She'd been diagnosed with diverticulitis. And I don't know if you're familiar with that, Melian, but it's pretty ugly. Um, it's uh, it's very debilitating. And um, and so we prayed for that and, uh, and just the one time because there was no way to really test it. And the next day she went in to, to have her uh, operation, uh, the, the colonoscopy. She had the colonoscopy and and uh, the next, I think it was probably the next week I was up in my office and uh, my doctor called me downstairs. He goes, Hey, take a look at this. Remember the lady who was having the colonoscopy? I said, yes. So here are the doctor's notes and right on the doctor's notes, I actually took a picture of it was, it says, um, uh, something to the effect of, uh, uh, colon look clear of any evidence of diverticulitis, which was unusual to the patient's history of that condition. And if you're familiar with diverticulitis, it doesn't go away unless God takes it away. And so that was, uh, that was really neat. But, uh, you know, we see, we have my first day on the job, we had a gentleman come in with a fractured back, his L5 was fractured and we'd done an x-ray and the doctor said, you know, Hey Paul, you need to go in there. There's a, a guy with a L5 fracture and he was, he'd been out of work for a long time and, uh, had just gotten hired with the uh, Douglas County Sheriff's Department here, our local county that we're in. And if he didn't have, um, if he, but this was his physical, and if he didn't pass the physical, he wouldn't be getting the job. 
And so they were desperate and the doctor can't lie, you know, can't say there's nothing wrong with him. And he was in obvious pain. He couldn't even lift his, his knee up uh, more than a, he couldn't lift his leg, maybe more than six inches off the ground without any pain. And so me and a, a, a friend of mine who was visiting, uh, and his name is Pastor Richard Gervais, he and I were, were praying for the guy, and he was at a level eight pain when we started, and we prayed once, and it went down to a six, and then down to a four, and we prayed again, and went down to a two. We kept praying, and finally he was, you know, he's bending over, touching the ground, and he's amazed that there's there's no pain. And so we walk out, we tell the doctor, hey, he's, you know, he's over there touching the ground, and, you know, bringing his knee up to his chest and there's no pain. So the doctor takes him and does another x-ray. Now from start to finish, it was probably an hour. Um, and so uh, we took him in a, not an hour of praying. It was just, um, it was only maybe 10 minutes of praying, but from the time that he did the first ray x-ray to the time the doctor took him to do the second x-ray was probably an hour. Um, so he comes back on the second x-ray and, and, and while we're, oh, I should say this, while we're waiting, his wife is, is in the wait, you know, in an exam room just waiting. And we're like, hey, while we're, we're waiting for this, do you have anything going on? And she says, well, I have arthritis in my hands. So I take one hand and Pastor Richard takes the other hand and we pray. And she said it was a six uh, out of 10 pain level. We prayed and God totally heals her hands of all the arthritic pain. And uh, a few minutes later, the the report comes back from the x-ray, and there's now no fracture in the L5. So uh, God totally healed his back. We were able to give him a clean bill of slate to go to work, and, and he was able to start his job. Uh, that was on a Friday. He was able to start his job on Monday. Brilliant. Praise the Lord. Well, we are up against our break, but I sort of feel like you got another good one. So let's extend this first segment a little bit. Tell me one more cool testimony. Sure. Um you know, we have we have a lot of uh, medically verified healings, and um, I had we had one where um, uh, a lady came in and she was in so much back pain and knee pain uh, that even for the doctor to touch her back would cause her to just scream in agony, and uh, and she had no history of it. It was something that just came onto her, and uh, so we we started praying for. Actually, we prayed one time for her back because I thought, well. Um, I'll just, you know, I'll just pray for the back and then we'll go to the knees. Well, I, I commanded the pain in the back to go. And while I was praying, I just hold, heard the Lord say, uh, break off any task or assignment that the enemy has over this lady. So and I said, in the name of Jesus, I just break every task and assignment that the enemy has over this lady right now in Jesus' name. And I command all pain to go now in the name of Jesus. And, and, and her, she just like, just like something broke. And she was not just her back, but both of her knees were totally pain-free and just in one prayer. And the Lord showed me actually something that, we, like I said, you know, we deal with a lot of, there's a lot of witchcraft that we deal with. We're in South Omaha and it's a, it's a um, sort of the hub of the Latino community here. About half our patients are, are Hispanic and, and half Caucasian or other. And, um, and this lady, uh, I had, the Lord had shown me that someone had put a curse on her. And so, you know, I asked her, I said, do you have anybody in your family that's dealing with witchcraft or anything? And she's, she ends up explaining that her sister who is in Mexico, uh, they suspect that she was a witch. And I said, well, is there discord between the two of you? And she said, well, um, she had one of our family members, um, um, 
uh, removed from the from the country, and uh, they called INS and had him deported. So there's been this rift, and she's very jealous of my kids and how good a relationship I have. And and I said, well, you know, God's showing me that she had put a curse on you, and 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 you know, you need to be. And this was a Christian lady. I said, you need to be pleading the blood of Jesus over your family every night, you and your husband. And she said, well, I, I do that. And so then I heard the Holy Spirit say, there's unforgiveness. And I said, well, do you have resentment towards her, towards your sister? And she goes, yes, I do, because of what she did to my brother, getting him deported. And I, so I said, well, the Lord is showing me that, that, that resentment, that unforgiveness that you have has opened a door to make that curse have power that it wouldn't otherwise have because you're covered in the blood of Jesus. So I, I walked her through, you know, how she needs to pray to release that resentment and, and to pray a prayer blessing over her sister. And um, and so, but it was just interesting the the way that, that, that the Holy Spirit just un, unveiled, unveiled this whole thing as we as we went through it from the moment she was in pain to one prayer breaking that whole curse off and then and then he revealed to her and us uh how that that curse got a foothold through the unforgiveness that she had uh towards the the sister so pretty powerful i thought yeah it's absolutely crazy so wow great great testimonies and again working in a medical center like that with that quantity of people it's just amazing that you get that opportunity, and it's uh, it's it's really cool to see. So I, I like the fact that 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 exists and that's available. And when we come back on our next segment, we're going to hear more about that. So Paul Gornell joining us from Omaha, Nebraska. We'll be right back after this. Keep it locked here on the Heal the Sick podcast. Right back. A short book is available through our ministry entitled "A Christian's Guide to Divine Healing for Yourself." It is available right now for free and outlines thoughts and strategies to include prayer and divine means while your body is healing. To receive your free copy of this report, visit www.dominionfire.com and join our email newsletter. Upon joining, you will receive a link with a direct download link. I hope this blesses you and helps you on your journey. Again, www.dominionfire.com. And welcome back to the Heal the Sick podcast again. This is, uh, see, in, in the first segment, we spark. And now as we get into the second and third, now we're throwing logs onto this thing. So by the end, we have a big roaring fire going on in here. So our guest today does not disappoint. But before we get back into our interview today, I want you to please visit the website at www.dominionfire.com. And on there, you're going to find all of our materials. You'll find all the podcasts, the vlogs, the everything, social medias, if you wish to follow there. And don't forget uh, the, the book on self-healing. If you join the email newsletter, that's sent to you free of charge just for joining. And so we can keep you in the loop whenever we have something cool going on, such as this interview today. So again, dominionfire.com is the website where you'll find not only this, but the entire catalog of the Heal the Sick podcast in addition. All right. So back to Paul. Now, Paul, um, you have an, sort of an interesting role that you do, and you have uh, a little bit of the story that you've told me thus far, but let's break it out for the audience now background and experience. Tell us about you. Yeah, so this is what's uh, so interesting about this and what should fire people up. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, we'll just go all the way back to the beginning. I got saved. I was raised by Christian parents, and, you know, I got saved when I was four and got baptized in the Spirit when I was six. And 
Um, and I'd love to just say, you know, hey, since that, you know, six years old, the, the I got, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit and, and just started laying hands on people. But, you know, the reality is, is that, that I, um, you know, I was just a kid who went to school and then went to church, uh, went to a Christian school most of my life, just kind of sat in a pew and just was. And, um, you know, in the, in the, I'm 49 and in the 45 years that I've been a believer prior to this, prior to the last year and a half, um, I think I might've led three people to the Lord. Um, and I don't know that I prayed for anybody and actually saw them get healed. And then one day, um, I started really getting to a place where I was like, you know what, the, the, the word of God either means what it says, or it's just, a book of lies. I mean, if there's one lie in it, the whole thing's a lie. Scripture says in Psalms 138, I think it's verse two, that he holds his word equal to his name. So if, if, if the word of God is, if there's any lies in it, then the whole thing, I mean, if there's just one, none of it's worth anything. And I got to a place where I was just like, I'm done with this. You know, this is either got it. We either have to, you, you read all these ab- absolute statements in scripture and you just put this mental asterisk on them and say, well, you know, that was then, not now, or whatever you say to yourself to, to kind of get out of the responsibility that, that, you know, to ask God the tough questions of, well, I see that it says this, but why isn't this happening now? And I just got to a place where I was like, you know what, I mean, I wasn't ready to walk away from my faith or anything, but I was firm enough in my relationship with the Lord to just say, look, this either you know, what does this mean, this absolute statement, when I haven't seen it in my life? And and the Holy Spirit said, you know, I want you to read the book of Acts. And so I started reading Acts, and you get to, it doesn't take long, you get to Acts 3, and Peter and John are walking to the temple, and there's the guy at Gate Beautiful, and, and the guy doesn't even ask to be healed, he just asks for money. And Peter says, well, I don't have any money, but here's what I do have, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And And that story right there, just like, wait a minute, where was this guy's faith? And I just opened up all these questions. And, and so I kept reading and I just find, you know, there's these just amazing experience one after the other. And it's not Jesus, it's his disciples. And then I realized the same word in the new Testament that, that is used for disciple. There's one word. It's the same one, whether Jesus was referring to Peter, John, Peter, James, and John, the three or the 12 or the 70 or in the great commission. So he says to make disciples of all men, so those disciples were not super disciples. They were they were disciples, and I'm a disciple. So when I see what they do, I should be able to do what they do. Um, and so I started pursuing it. And, and then within a day or two of just coming to this, um, some guy I'd never heard of shows up on my Facebook feed. A friend had put a testimony of his. Some guy named Todd White. Now everybody knows who he was, who he is. But at the time, I'd never heard of him before, and I'm like, "Who is this guy?" And if you're, it's the testimony of him. He goes into the high school for a debate class, and he's supposed to represent Christianity in a debate class. And if you ever want to find it on YouTube, it's just do Todd White High School debate class. It's 15 minutes long. It's one of the most amazing testimonies you'll ever hear. And I'm like, well, here's a guy that just operates like you could drop him into the early church, and he'd be right at home. And then from there, God started showing me other people like Robbie Dawkins and and uh, Randy Clark and 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 so I, when I started seeing their street ministry, and then of course Pete Cabrera was a big big deal. Pete Cabrera Jr. probably, if any one person had a had an impact on 
my my prayer model and just the way just using it as street ministry uh it is it, probably him and so i just started doing what they were doing because i can do it you know i'm like i'd hear their how they prayed for people I'm like i can do that so i'd go to my grocery store and i'd see a kid limping and you know i prayed for him it was like just man i was like on a roller coaster ride it was the most incredible um you know my adrenaline was just pumping and you know i go home after that first experience and the kid gets healed i'm like holy cow <laughs> my robin you know my wife i'm like guess what just happened and she's like well is that why it took you two hours to go to the grocery store <laughs> you know and so i just started pursuing it and during that time i'd been unemployed uh, i have sales and marketing background and been 20 years of sales and marketing and and i was i was on unemployment and i'm applying for um for jobs and the whole time God starts changing my heart from the sales and marketing roles to uh to something different but I didn't know what and this I ended up being unemployed for 16 months and um it got to a place where I was applying for jobs I knew he called me to be an evangelist that was something that I heard him call during my prayer time and and because I was seeing people getting healed I said well 2 plus 2 equals healing evangelist and I don't know if you've been on monster.com, but when you go to the drop-down menu for jobs, like healing evangelist is not on that list anywhere. And so <laughs> there's no category for that. So because unemployment required me to apply for jobs, I was doing that. But the whole time I'm doing it, I'm like, God, I know this isn't what you have for me. What have you got for me to do? What is? Where are you taking me? And so my friend, uh, we would get together on Tuesday and Thursday mornings and do street ministry. One day he says, we should go to the Joshua Medical Center. And and I'm like, what's that place? And he goes, well, it's a Christian uh, doctor's office, and they let you pray for patients. And I, and I said, well, I've never heard of this. You know, this place exists? And he said, yeah. So we, we go there one day, and I show up, and, and the healing pastor that was on staff was no longer there, and the Renee, my boss, now now my boss, said, well, we're actually we're looking for someone to fill that position. And, and the guy I was with who had the relationship with them points at me and says, you know, I recommend Paul for this healing pastor position. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, what do you – wait, how – how what, what do you get – you know – I'm like, I'm not even a pastor. I'm just a Christian, you know, and that's, and, and here's what I want to convey to everybody is like immediately this thing that got inside me to, to this unction to just start praying for people. Um, you know, I sat on a pew for most of my life and didn't, didn't do any of this stuff. And now all of a sudden I'm, I'm walking up to strangers and, and asking them if I can pray for them. And then I'm sharing the gospel to them because the God, God does what he, he's faithful. He delivers, you know, and, and they're getting healed. And now, now all of a sudden it's the easiest thing in the world to share the gospel with someone who's had this experience of the Holy Spirit. And so if I could convey something to anybody that's listening to this, especially if they've been a believer for a long period of time, this is just like, just do it. Just t test the word of God it's going to do what it says it's going to do. And so when I, when I, um, you know, I ended up getting credentialed, um, just for the purposes of, of being the, uh, on staff as a pastor here, I don't keep the credential anywhere else. I don't go by pastor Paul outside of this building and, uh, purposefully because, um, I want believers to know that they can, that they don't need to have credentials. I sat in a pew and I would see all these 
amazingly anointed people, uh, evangelists and prophets and, and stuff. I'd go listen to them speak or they'd come to our church and speak. And I would write them off because I'd say, well, I could never be them because they're, they're, they've got that reverend or that pastor in front of their name. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's why they're anointed and that's just not the case. And so, um, right away, I just started realizing, Hey, any believer can do this. The same Holy Spirit that rose Christ from the dead is alive in us and infuses our mortal body. That's Romans eight eleven, And it has nothing to do with whether we're credentialed or have reverend in front of our name or anything like that. The moment you become a Christian, you are fully qualified to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to raise the dead, cleanse the leper. You know, Mark sixteen eighteen. Uh, you just have to believe. These signs will follow them that believe. So, so, um, yeah, so by the time I got the job, I'd probably been praying for healing for people for a little under a year. And um, when I started doing that, I started seeing people come to the Lord. And, and I think I mentioned to you that maybe in the 40, few, 44 years prior to uh, starting Operate Healing, I probably saw three people get saved. I don't think I ever really shared the gospel with anyone. They just, with any of them, they just, you know, they just saw my testimony, which is fantastic, but they, you know, I wasn't demonstrating the gospel. Uh, and so when I started praying for healing and stuff, uh, since that time, I've seen probably 30, 38 people get healed. I, tr you know, I track it now because that's part of my job. But, um, um, yeah, it's just been amazing because once, uh, once you start to operate with the power of the Holy Spirit, intentionally with the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll start to you'll start to see results. And now I'm a firm believer that the gospel isn't just meant to be explained, it's meant to be demonstrated. If it's only being explained, it's just a theory. If it's being demonstrated, it's being applied, it's being activated, and you're seeing people are, people's lives are getting changed by it. Well, there you have it, listeners, and uh, amazing story. When we get back, we're going to start our lesson segment where we're going to talk about uh, the principles of agreement, which I'm very excited to hear and keep it locked here on the Heal the Sick podcast. Don't nobody go nowhere. We'll be right back momentarily. Our ministry is a content creation ministry, and right now we are growing our video vlog channel on YouTube called The DeFire Vlog. Please help us in reaching the 2 billion worldwide users and potentially 3 to 5 billion over the next few years. Visit www.youtube.com forward slash Dominion Fire Church and subscribe to our channel, share our videos, engage with comments and likes, and help spread the message. We are reaching the entire world with the message of power, dominion, and authority of Jesus Christ and reaching every corner of the globe. Again, that's www.youtube.com forward slash Dominion Fire Church. All right, listeners, back for the third and final segment of the Heal the Sick podcast. Paul Gornell's been an amazing guest thus far. And in this segment, we're going to talk our lesson time and teaching about something. And we started talking before the show about principles of agreement and Proverbs 18.2, I believe, is what you quoted. So, Paul, I'm going to turn it over to you. Walk us through this whole thing. What are you seeing? What do you want to share today? Yeah, so something that that I that is so important, especially as believers, is uh, is this understanding of the of the the power 
of their declarations over themselves and, and over others. And, and so I, when I go into these exam rooms and I talk to people, it comes readily apparent to me sometimes that, that, um, you know, if people speak death over themselves, um, that's, you know, they're going to start getting sick. They're going to start experiencing physical issues as a result. And, you know, there's a, there's a, there's some pieces to this that are really important. One is, you know, in, uh, Genesis, it says you were made in the likeness and image of God. Um, and so here you are made in the likeness and image of God. And then Romans eight eleven says that the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead is alive in you. So you're, you're made in the likeness and in image of God. You've got the Holy Spirit in you. And not just do you have menu, but in Ephesians 2, 5, it says that you were alive with Christ. And that with is uh, is that the Greek word of that is sune, and that's there's three words in the Greek for with. It's paras, uh, meta, and sune. And sune is if you were to take a glass of water and a glass of blue dye or food coloring, and you were to pour the two into one another, that is the picture or the image of that word with a sune. And so the the dye and the water become inseparable. They become it would be impossible to undo it. And so your spirit and the Holy Spirit become blended to that level. So when you start to make declarations, and, and, and keep in mind, John 10, 10, Jesus says that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and life abundantly. And so in that simple scripture, you have the, you have the, the will of the kingdom of darkness in your life to kill, steal, and destroy, and you have the will of God in your life, which is nothing short of abundant life. And both the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God, they're looking for one thing from you, and that's agreement. You have a sovereign will that you express through the declarations that you make. And when you make, when you make declarations that line up with the kingdom of God, you empower God, you give him permission to do what he wants to do in your life, which is abundant life. But when you make declarations that are death, um, oh, this thing's going to kill me. Um, I don't know if I'm ever going to get over this addiction or whatever. You're making declarations that align up with the kingdom of darkness, which is, you know, their will for you, God, the devil's will for you is to kill, steal, and destroy you. And when you make those declarations, you open a door for the enemy to come in and attack you. And the same holds true with, with when you make declarations over your kids, your loved one, friends, etc. And so um, now as a believer, it's an easy thing. If you're, you're hearing this and you're going, oh no, I do this all the time. Well, just one, stop doing it. And then two, because you're a believer, and, and think about this for a minute, non-believers don't have this ability, but believers, because they have the blood of Jesus available to them, all they have to do is repent, which is the Greek word for repent is metanoia, just means change your mind. And then and just say, Lord, I, I repent of that. I'm not going to do that anymore. And I just, I take back any legal right that I've given the enemy to attack me in the name of Jesus. And I plead the blood of Jesus over myself and it's undone. And that's all you need to do. But the application of it, the moving forward and just watching what you say over people and over yourself is, is something you have to consciously be aware of until it's really settled in your heart to speak life and not death. And um, it's a big deal. I see it. Uh, I see it all the time. And and you know, 
people that are in the doctor's office are usually there because they have some kind of infirmity. And the ones that I see that have a, uh, you know, they're just like afflicted. They have one thing after another. If you, many of them, you just listen to them talk and you'll hear, you'll hear one negative thing after another. They'll either say it over themselves or somebody else. And so that's a, that's a important moving, you know, moving forward as you, as you start to walk in this, you start to need to understand that, um, God's given you a certain amount of power. Um, and the more faith you have, the more power you'll have. So the more faith you have and uh, behind the words that you say, the more power it's going to have one way or the other. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's important that we start to understand the value of speaking life over people instead of death. All right. Now, two things I want to bring up. One's a point, and then one I want to kind of press you a little on something. Number one, in an actual application of this, and I hear this all the time too, is when people have a situation such as a headache or cancer, they'll say, I don't know what to do. Uh, My headache is killing me. Or their doctors are treating my cancer. And I find that when you're doing that, by saying my, you're taking possession of it. And now it becomes yours. Right, exactly. So that's something that it's one of those things people don't realize that it's just something they say. But uh, kind of reinforcing what you were saying earlier, those, you know, the enemy will use whatever he can get and he will take advantage of that. So I, I find that very interesting. So just throwing that out there. Now, number two, and this sort of refers back to the segment one where we were talking testimonies and we were talking about the curse situation with uh, the witchcraft and the curse. Now, here's let me ask you this question and you sort of give me your take on it, is that, you know, Jesus is the final say on everything. And if he says that we're blessed, then how can someone be cursed? And with that, you said that there was like that unforgiveness. And I imagine part of that unforgiveness is things that you're speaking. So how does that all tie together? How would, how would you respond to that? Well, I would say that you have a, God has given you a sovereign will. I mean, that's how the, for the people to go to hell, he's allowed them to make that decision because their will is, our will is sovereign. It's something he's given us that he'll, he'll never impede on. And so um, when we, we express our will through our, our declarations are an expression of our will. And so uh, when you mentioned um, uh, unforgiveness or the blessing, so Jesus blesses, that his desire is to bless us, his desire is to give us abundant life. But if we refuse to accept it or receive it, um, he's not going to force it on us. And so when we make declarations that, that are counter to God's will, then we're opening that, that up uh, for the enemy to say, aha, you know, in Daniel 7, it, picture, you know, it gives the picture of the, the enemy in the courtroom. And, uh, and you know, he's, he's in, the, in God's courtroom, and he's making accusations against people. And um, and when we make a declaration that is in alignment with the kingdom of, of darkness, then the enemy is pointing his finger at Paul and saying, aha, Paul just said this, and he's opened the door, and I'm going to go after him. Now, sometimes I believe that God's grace protects us from those things, but I do believe there are times, at least in my life, where the Holy Spirit has said to me, Paul, you've got to stop saying that. And if I continue to make those declarations, even after he's warned me, then he's, then I'm I'm opening my, I'm allowing myself to be attacked. And so that's, that's how I feel about it. That's, that's how I understand scripture. 
Excellent. Paul, if people would like to catch up with you after the show or find out more about you, uh, how can they contact you? Do you have any like websites, emails, social medias? What can you share with us? Sure. Yeah, you can find um, uh, our, we have a Facebook page. Um, the We have two Facebook pages. Uh, one is our Healing Rooms page. And by the way, we do a live Facebook um, uh, healing event every Monday. We didn't do it yesterday because of the holiday, uh, Labor Day, but we do it uh, every Monday from noon central for an hour. Uh, that's uh, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. And um, uh, you can always join us for that. You can like our page. It's Healing Rooms at uh, Joshua. The Joshua Medical Centers page is just that. It's Joshua Medical Centers, plural, on Facebook. Uh, you can you can like that as well. And if you want to reach out to me, you can do that through uh, either of those pages. We try and keep the the medical page medical uh, and the uh, the healing rooms at Joshua um, for more of the spiritual uh, stuff, the healing and prayer requests and stuff like that. There you have it. If you got something going on, go check it out and uh, go get yourself healed is what I'm trying to tell you. All right. Now, as we're getting ready to wrap up the show here, we always end with our prayer time. So listeners, get yourself all prepared. Get ready. Paul, what I'd like to ask you to do at this time is please pray for our audience for anything whatsoever that comes to your mind. If you feel anything prophetic or word of knowledge or anything whatsoever, promptings of any kind, let it rip. So please pray for our audience and take us all the way to an amen, please. Father, we just uh, we thank you for this uh, opportunity. We thank you. I thank you for the opportunity to reach out to people, uh, even people that I I, uh, I can't see or don't even know personally, but you know them. You you died for them. So thank you, Jesus, for that. I just pray, Father, that you pour out your kingdom over everybody that's listening, your kingdom, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So even now, as they're listening to this, that they would begin to experience your presence. They would experience your tangible presence from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, that they would begin to have a physical, tangible experience with you that they cannot deny, that you would amplify your presence in them, that they would walk from the the moment they hear this, that they would walk in an awareness of your presence in them. Father, I pray that you would inspire, give them an unction to start to move in their gifting, whatever their gifting is, whether it's uh, healing or prophecy or words of knowledge, that they would start to move in it, that they would start to experience it in a magnified, more amplified way, and they would start to change the world around them. The creator of the universe lives inside them, Father. Make them aware of that. Make them aware that the Creator is in them and infuses their mortal body, your scripture says, so that when they begin to speak and when they begin to touch and they begin to talk to people, that, that those people would start to, to feel that presence inside of them, that they would change the world around them. Father, that you would put in them uh, unwavering desire to have an impact on the world around them. They don't have to be Billy Graham that they can just change their office, their workspace, their family, their neighbors. Lord, that you would just put into them an unwavering desire to spread your word and your love to the people around them. I thank you and praise you, Lord. You are awesome. You are amazing. And my life, I just can't imagine it without you. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Paul Gornell, Healing Pastor, Joshua Medical Center, Omaha, Nebraska. Thanks for being here with us. And listeners, anytime that you would like to not only hear this show again or get the full catalog of programs, as well as our Dominion Fire 360 series, the DeFire vlog, and all of the other various media projects that we do, please visit our website anytime at dominionfire.com. And if you would like to send us a message or any feedback or anything about our show today, there is a contact form right on there, which you're welcome to send us a message or if for whatever reason you can um, track Paul down, I'll make sure that he gets the message. So please feel free to do that. And a little favor off to the side is on the YouTube channel. When you get a second, please go over there and hit the subscribe button, the little bell notification icon, and keep that on your uh, radar screen because as we're building that element of our ministry, um, hoping to use that to really reach billions of people that use YouTube. It's a huge mission field that we want to start hitting up for the kingdom and putting God's goodness on display because that's just what we do here. And uh, I'd ask you to please do that youtube.com forward slash Dominion Fire Church. I don't really call it that anymore, but that's what they gave me. That's what I got. So <laughs> youtube.com forward slash Dominion Fire Church. And I um, hope the show blessed you. And I hope that you got a lot out of it. And uh, thank you, as always, for being here and for hanging with us. As we always say here at our ministry, boom, goes Yeshua. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.